Um, <clears throat> I have the privilege to be able to share with you today um, a message that's just been on my heart. And I'm just going to jump right in. I'm just going to not waste any time. We're going to dive into to God's Word today and what He has to say. Um, Chael has been in this series called um, Sacred Seasons. Hopefully you've been able to listen and follow along. You've been learning. You've been growing. Two weeks ago, he talked about specifically this idea of um, growth and how growth happens um, in these three areas of our life with God. So our head, our mind, our thoughts, our hearts, so our desires, our emotions, our character, and our hands, our actions, the things that we do. And growth happens when those three areas of our life are surrendered to the Lord, are submitted to him. So in, our mind is submitted to him. We think the way he thinks. We think about the things that he thinks. Um, our character, our, our emotions, and our desires are aligned with his. So we long for the things that he longs for. Um, and then our actions, the things that we do are submitted to him. We are called to be his ambassadors and his representatives. And so the things that we do should reflect him and reflect the things that he would do. So how do we do this? How do we keep these three areas of our life surrendered to the Lord? And this is really where I, I want to focus in today because I think the way that we do that is we listen for God's voice and we do what he's saying to do. It's that simple and, and it's that complex. Um, uh, God is a communicating God. Uh, from, from the beginning of Scripture, from creation, all throughout Scripture, we see that God is a communicating God, that he is speaking to all of the earth, right? That he has never stopped speaking. He is a communicating God. And if you are a follower of Jesus, then that is inherent to you as a follower of Jesus, to be able to hear his voice, to be able to hear the voice of God. That is part of being a follower. And so we're just going to take a moment and we're going to look at a passage of scripture that I think helps to kind of illustrate this. This is in John chapter 10. And Jesus is talking here and he is um, kind of talking in this analogy or this metaphor of a shepherd and a sheep and he's explaining his relationship with his with his followers and so we're going to pick up in in verse three it says the watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out when he has brought out all his own he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger in fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And then further down in verse uh, 14, it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. So if you actually read that whole passage of, of scripture, you'll see at least, I think, four times where Jesus references this idea of hearing his voice or responding to it or knowing um, God's voice. And it's interesting that he makes no distinction in there of um, that it's for certain people or it's for certain followers. Well, it's for these people who I love more or these people who are more holy. No, in fact, in verse 4, it says he uses the word all. It is for all of us as followers of Jesus that we can hear his voice. So if you claim to follow Jesus, then hearing his voice is possible for and accessible to 
you. And not just hearing God's voice, okay? That's step one. That's the beginning, but responding. So if you go back and you look at those verses, there is this initial recognition of, of God's voice, right? That the sheep hear the voice. It says in, in that, I think it's verse 5, that they won't follow a stranger, right? They won't follow a stranger's voice. So there's a recognition of who is speaking, but then there's also a following. So there's this response to the Father's voice. And I think God is calling us to be a people who respond to God's voice, who take seriously his words and move in action from that place. God's voice requires a response from us. All throughout scripture, you'll see um, when God speaks that there are two possible sort of outcomes. God speaks and it's followed by either obedience or disobedience. It's one or the other, right? And either way is a response. So if we do nothing, it's still a response. And so um, this isn't like a, a take it or leave it kind of thing. This isn't optional. We don't get to opt in or out of this. His voice is not to be ignored. We need to be a people who value the voice of God in our lives. His ideas and his thoughts aren't just nice ideas or, or nice thoughts. Jesus actually says it's our sustenance. It's the thing that feeds us and nourishes us. He says man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the Father's mouth. So Jesus knew it, it's what feeds us. It's what sustains us. It's what, it, it's what grows us. And so if we're going to grow, we need food, right? That's a basic kind of principle of growth. And hearing God, hearing his voice, is tantamount to our growth. So hearing God's voice needs to be more important and more valuable to us than our own thoughts or opinions, than the opinions of our friends, of our family, of our neighbors, of our pastors, of our leaders, of our favorite podcaster, of our favorite insta-influencer, of our favorite um, politicians, if you have one, uh, theologians, philosophers. God's voice should supersede any of the other voices that we allow into our lives, especially now. God's voice is always important, but I think especially now in this season, there is something really unique that God wants to do and say in us and through us. And if we're not keyed into what he's saying, then we're just going to miss out on what that is, right? If there was ever a time um, to silence all other voices and pay attention to his, it's now. It's right now. Um, if, we, if we could have had this thing figured out, we would have done it already, right? When you look around the world and you see the things that we're plagued with, when you look at the injustice and you look at racism and you look at poverty and you look at slavery, right? All of these things that plague our society, disease. If we could do it, we would have done it already within our own strength and within our own power and within our own ideas. We need the voice of God. And I can say from, from personal experience, and I think others can um, kind of testify to this, that the times when God's voice seems to be most pronounced in my life are times when um, I'm desperate or when I am in crisis or when I am in need. Um, I wish it weren't true. I wish there was another way, but I notice what happens is in me is I, I begin to kind of stand up and pay attention. I begin to really lean in and depend upon him more than I ever have, right? To trust that, the, that his words and what he has to say and what he knows is important for me. 
And so hearing God's voice is just critical to our growth as Christians. And you may be asking why. Why is this so important? Does this really matter to my growth? Can't I just allow other people to listen and other people who are maybe leaders or seem to be more holy than me or have this figured out, can't I just leave that to them? And the answer is no, that you can't. And the reason is, is that Jesus did this, that we see that Jesus pulled away and withdrew from family, from friends, from his followers, from his disciples. He pulled away from those people to be alone with the Father, to hear the Father's voice, to align himself with all of heaven, right? To align his thinking and his heart with the Father's heart. So we see that Jesus, that Jesus did this. And we at Fusion value modeling our lives after Jesus. So if this is something that Jesus did, then this is an area of our lives that need to reflect that as well right? That we need to model our lives after the life of Jesus. Now, are there times where I've just followed someone because they seem to be more experienced, they seem to be more equipped, they seem to be more mature in their life with God? Absolutely. Um, But I think we need to be careful that we don't do that without also continually asking, God, what's getting my attention? What are you saying to me through this season right now? Because no two faith journeys are identical. No two journeys are alike. So my life with God, you know, my transformation, my character work, my path, my calling doesn't look like anybody else's life. I have a story and a history that is unique to me. I have experiences that are unique to me. And all of that kind of informs and forms and grows my head, my heart, and my hands, right? Both positively and negatively. So I can't just cut and paste someone else's life with God for my own. I need to know what God is saying. And in addition to that, and I think even more importantly, is God desires relationship with each and every one of us, right? And part of that relationship is is communication. Part of that relationship is listening and hearing. That's personal, right? That's intimate. That's connected. And that's what he desires, right? So that's reason one that we can't just leave it to other people. Jesus did it, so we have to do it too. Here's another reason I think that this is so important to, to our growth. If, if we think back to that message on head, heart, and hands, those three areas, I think there are two ways that we can kind of get stuck if we don't include God's voice in the equation. And the first is, I think the temptation for some of us is just to do just to do all of the things, to do the things that seem right or good or worthy of our times. So there's nothing wrong with them. We're just doing all of the things, right? But what happens is we become tired or burned out or frustrated because we're doing all of these things that God never really asked us to do or intended for us to do anyway, right? Your gifting, your makeup, your DNA has you primed to do the thing that God has called you to do. But if you aren't partnering with him in that and you aren't listening, you just might miss it. And so when we think about our hands, when we think about doing and our actions, we want to do the thing that God is asking us to do, to know what to say yes to and what to say no to. Just as a side note to that, um, there are times where God will ask us to do things that are outside of our comfort zone that are going to stretch us a little bit, that are going to make us squirm. And he doesn't do that 
just to watch us be uncomfortable or just to make us squirm, but he knows the environments in which we best will grow. And so he knows the things that will produce growth in our lives. So, so just be aware that there may be times where God is asking you to do something that feels a little bit uncomfortable. But if you aren't actively listening for God's voice, you may not know what those things are. And you may miss an opportunity for growth. So this isn't just that we, we miss the mark, right? This isn't like a pass-fail kind of thing. But we miss the benefit of following him, right? We miss the, the benefit of um, of obedience. Obedience brings blessing into our lives. That's scripture. I know some of us don't don't like that word. Um, we don't like to be told what to do or when to do it. Um, but obedience to God is for our benefit, that it brings blessing into our lives. And so it's good for us to know what God is saying so that we can follow, that we can do the thing he's asked us to do. So that's one kind of way that we might get stuck is that we just do all of the things and not necessarily do the thing that God has made or called us to do. The other is sort of the other end of the, of the spectrum um, where we might sit in a bit of passivity. So we have really good thoughts about God or we think about good things to do or we think about God's character and nature and our thoughts about him are right, but it never really moves us to a place of action. We don't really respond to those thoughts. And so we miss an opportunity um, to really know God and to do the things that God would do. And, And to allow those things to move from our head to our heart or our head to our hands, so to speak. And so those are kind of two areas where I think we might get stuck if we're not paying attention to um, God's voice and our personal um, walk and growth. So what do we do with all of this, right? Well, I can talk about various ways that God speaks. I can talk about what that might look like or how you can begin to learn. But at the end of the day, what I want you to hear and what I think is most important is that this is a heart posture. This is a heart posture that we need to position ourselves and humble ourselves to say, God, we hunger for your voice. We need your voice louder than any other in our lives right now. We either want to hear his voice and be led by him or we don't. We, we want it or we don't. If we're seeking him, if we're seeking his voice, he will speak. I don't know how that will happen or what that will look like for you personally, but I know that, that he will speak. There's a passage of, of scripture that says um, that a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth, for those are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. And I think it's easy when we hear that to think about um, worship as just music, playing an instrument or singing, but it's so much more than that. It's far greater than that. Um, Anything that we do in our lives that we do as unto the Lord is worship. So when we live to represent him and his kingdom and his way and his ideas and his heart, that's worship. When we say, God, I need your voice. I need to be led by you and your words. Your ways are better. Your thoughts are higher. Your opinions and your ideas are more important to me than anyone else's. That is worship. And I think in this season, again, he's really wanting to speak louder and clearer to us. That he's looking for those who are hungry for his voice. That he's seeking those who are seeking him. And you might be saying, you know what? I spend time with God. I pray 
I read my Bible, I listen to worship music, and I don't hear anything. I don't hear God speaking. And believe me when I say I feel your frustration in that. Anyone who is a follower of Jesus who has tried to hear his voice can say that has been part of their story, part of their journey, where it's like you feel like you're being met with, with silence, right? And, and it's frustrating because I, there, this isn't a science, right? There isn't a formula that I can give you or passages of scripture that I can say, read this and then God will speak or pray this way and then God will speak. God speaks in many different ways. We see that all throughout scripture. I've seen it in my life and I've seen it in the lives of the people around me, that God speaks in various ways. But rather than taking a deep dive into those various ways that God speaks, I just wanted to put a couple of things in your hands if you're looking for some first steps. So if you're saying, I want to do this, or I've tried this, but I haven't been successful, then we just want to give you a couple of things to kind of help move you along that journey. And the first is a tool that we've used around Fusion for a number of years now. Um, it's called the Learning Circle. And uh, there's a link on our website. We'll post it in the description of this video so that you can access that. It's a really short video, a few minutes long, um, that will help you answer those two questions. What is God saying and what am I going to do about it? Right? So it's not just about hearing what God is saying and going, oh, gee, that's nice, and then moving along. It's moving in action from that place. So it is responding to it. And it's not just about doing all the things without really knowing what God has been speaking. And so that's just a tool that we want to give you to kind of help equip you um, in a really practical, simple way. And this is something um, that is much like rest in that you're just going to have to take some time to sort of figure it out. So remember when Chael talked about rest and he said this is just something you're going to have to sort of figure out and try on your own. Hearing God's voice in a lot of ways um, feels very similar to that because everyone is different and everyone hears God in their very own kind of unique ways. So some people are really connected to God when they're out in nature and creation. Some people have learned to hear God's voice through like this gut kind of instinct. Some people hear God through, through coincidence, right? And so there are various ways that God speaks to people. But today, I wanted to focus our attention on, I think, the very common way that God speaks, but often an overlooked way that God speaks. And that's just through scripture. That's through his word, right? That is through um, his living, breathing word to us. And oftentimes, I think that it is underestimated and it is overlooked, but God's word is truth and it's never changing truth, and it never fails. It has never failed me. Um, when I look back over my life and I've been in crisis or I've needed God's voice, his word, his actual word, is the thing that spoke most deeply to me every time, every time. So I just want to encourage us, don't underestimate the power of God's word in your life. And by the way, this isn't like, some consolation prize. Like you don't hear God in these other ways. You just hear him through his word. This is the primary way that God speaks to his people. My, my Bible has over a thousand pages in it. God has said a lot of things in his word. And I think he just wants us to, to lean in and to listen to what he's already said, right? That we, he wants us to just value that. And so when we read scripture, 
You can be reading it through this lens of, God, what, you, what might you be saying to me through this? Or how might this apply? Or how do you want me to apply this to my life, right? 2 Timothy, uh, this is 3, uh, 16. This won't be on your screen. I'm just going to read it to you. But 16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's word is good for our growth. God's word is good for our head, for our heart, for our hands. Not just good, but it's necessary because God is speaking to us through, through his scriptures. Now, it's like Jail said last week, every time you pick up your Bible, it doesn't mean that you're going to feel inspired, that it's going to feel like this timely word, or that it's going to feel particularly revelatory. But I think our posture when we approach scripture can and should be, God, what might you be wanting to speak or to say or to do in me today through your word? Right? I think that we can approach his word with expectation. We can approach his word with anticipation that he wants to speak to us. And so are you, are you reading God's word and are you responding to it? Are you doing what it says? That is hearing God's voice and responding. That is hearing his voice. So some of you have said, God's never spoken to me. I don't, I don't hear from him. But if you have read his word and then put it into practice, then that's not true. God has spoken to you. You have heard him and you have allowed his scriptures to transform you, to soften your heart, to change your mind, to change your character, to change your heart, and you've put it into action. That is hearing God and responding. My, my most profound, most powerful, most impactful moments of hearing God have been directly from his word, directly. You know, sometimes we think that it has to be this like grandiose experience where the heavens part and we hear this voice and we're taken up into the heavenlies and this vision. And, and I don't know. I don't know what we think it's supposed to be. Or we compare ourselves to other people. We say, well, God doesn't speak to me like that. And so therefore God must not speak to me. And, and that is just simply not true. If you are reading God's word and you're allowing it to transform you, then you are hearing his voice and you are responding. Don't underestimate his word. As I was preparing for this, God was reminding me of all the times in my life from the time I was a, a little kid until present day where his word explicitly spoke into a moment, like broke into a moment for me. And so I thought I'd just share a couple of those because they've, they've looked a little bit differently over the years, but man, they've been um, incredibly powerful for me. So when I was younger, like, I don't know, probably 11 or 12, um, I had this moment where I was incredibly frustrated with my mom and I was in my room and I was crying and really just crying out to the Lord I don't know why she probably asked me to clean my room or something I don't know but I was distraught and God sensed that and knew that and I was begging for him to just kind of break in I, I was just asking him for help and immediately the the Lord said to me um, to turn to Ephesians 6 1 and you should know I'm you know, I grew up in Sunday school, and I knew, um, you know, the most common passage of Scripture, but I didn't know God's Word. So when he asked me to turn here, I didn't know where he was taking me. But it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, 
that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. I mean, that was powerful. It was an immediate, um, very specific response. And what's really funny to me, I always laugh about this, is I didn't read on. I don't know why, but the very next verse says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. And I think God probably knew I'd be like, well, she's exasperating me, so therefore I don't have to obey. But I just think it's so funny that God just stopped me right there. So, so that was one way where God just spoke a, a passage of scripture to me that I was unfamiliar with that spoke right into my situation. Other times, I've just kind of stumbled upon something that God has used. So I've shared this story before, but when I was in my early 20s, I was in a season of life where I was just kind of like floundering and really lost. I felt so separated from God. I felt so lost in my sin and disconnected. And, and I was just reading God's word. And I stumbled upon Psalm 139. And the moment I read that passage, something in me broke. Something in me was renewed because there's a, a verse in there that says, where can I go from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. And I thought all this time, I thought that I was separated from you, that you were so far from me and you were with me in those, in, in those moments, those darkest moments. And God was so kind to me that that following Sunday at church, he, he impressed upon a woman to come over to me and pray that exact scripture over me. No one had any idea that God had given me that. And so in the course of my life, I have many examples like that. But sometimes it's just stumbling upon God's word and he speaks to us directly through it. And so I just want to encourage us to not underestimate again his, his word. You know, and we, we don't worship the scriptures, right? We know that he is the author and finisher and perfecter of our faith. We know that he is the resurrected one, that he's the alpha and omega, that he's the one who put breath in our lungs and purpose in our lives. But he also is the one who gave us this word, and he gave us the power of his spirit to listen and to lean in and to learn from it. And so all scripture, we just read all scripture is God breathed, right? And God is alive. So his word is alive and it's active in our lives today. This isn't just another book to read. This is something for us to, to live our lives by. Sometimes when you're reading scripture, it's hard to know how to apply something. So if you're reading in Leviticus and you're trying to figure out how to apply it, good luck. I don't know, can't help you there, but, but just kidding. Uh, but sometimes in books like that, it's not as easy, right, to apply. Other times, it's pretty explicit, and it's pretty easy to know what God is asking us to do. So I thought I'd just read a couple of passages to you today um, just to give you an example of that. So Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything. Okay, you can pause right there and say, am I anxious? You can take like an internal kind of evaluation. Am I feeling anxious? God, your word says not to be anxious. And it says, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So not only does it say don't be anxious, but then it says this is the way you can combat that, is to come before him, to bring your requests, and to do it with thanksgiving, Right? Then if you read on, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, 
put it into practice, right? So we can reflect on our thoughts and say, am I thinking about things that are noble or praiseworthy or lovely? Am, am I putting things into practice? So, so there's a passage of scripture right there that's very easy for us to kind of evaluate. Are we, are we responding to God's word? Um, this is a verse in James, James 1, verse 27. I love this verse. It says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So I can ask myself, is my heart bent for orphans and widows, for the, for the ones who are overlooked, for the ones who are marginalized, for those who are living in poverty? Is my heart bent towards that? Am I acting and responding towards those people, right? I'll do one more here. It's, uh, it, this is in um, 1 John Chapter 2, verse 6, it says, Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Right? It's pretty, it's pretty plain. Those passages of scripture are not ambiguous. It's, it is pretty clear that there is application here in our lives. And so are we asking God when we read his word, how do I allow this to become a living, breathing truth in me? And as you posture your heart to, to listen for his voice and to hear from him, one of the things that you'll need to become aware of is what are your roadblocks or what are the things that hinder you or what are the kind of hang-ups that you have, so to speak, that prevent you from hearing God's voice. And interestingly enough, I think most of those things fall in one of those categories of head, heart, and hands. So let me just give you a few examples. This may not be explicitly or exactly you, but let me just give you some examples. So, so if your um, roadblock is in your mind, you may be the type of person who needs a lot of like evidence or facts or scientific backup for this sort of thing. And I don't have that for you. I have evidence. I have evidence in my life that this has happened, but I can't explain it to you in a scientific way. And so you'll just have to be aware of, of the ways that you need to surrender your mind to the Lord as you seek his voice, right? Maybe the issue for you is a, is a heart issue. It's a character issue. Maybe you're saying, you know what? I don't really hunger for God's voice. That's not something that I think about. That's not something that I long for. And so you're just recognizing that. Or maybe you realize Man, listening to God's voice and being obedient to him means I have to, to trust and depend. And I feel a lot more confident in myself and self-sufficiency than I do in him. Maybe, the, maybe it's hands for you. Maybe it's a skill thing. It's like, well, I believe that God speaks and I want him to speak to me, but I don't really know how to do it. Hopefully, you have these tools of using God's word and using the learning circle, and you feel a bit more equipped. But I would also say just one more thing about that is reach out to your community group leaders. They know how to do this. They know the learning circle. They know how to help people listen for God's voice. They know how to lead other people in that. So reach out to other people in that. And this is the last thing that I think I want to say. Um, as we kind of wrap up here, but uh, I think that we need to be confident people, um, confident in his voice, confident in his leading. And I just want to take a moment here. If you call Fusion Church your home, then I am especially asking you to be hearers and doers of the word, to be both. 
There are so many competing voices right now about the ways to move forward as a church, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, when we should do it, how we should do it, but we need to be directed by God. And God is speaking. And if I could just be open and um, vulnerable with you for a moment, I think this is important because I don't think that God is saying, just hunker down and wait it out. Just be passive. Just pass the time until you can gather again in one place and do the thing that you used to do. I hope that what we used to do is never more. Some of you are really uncomfortable right now by that statement because you think what I'm saying is everything has to change. And that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is I want more. I want more of what God has to offer. I want to move forward with God. Isaiah 43 says, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? God says that to the Israelites right after he is kind of recounting for them the things that he did for them and on their behalves. Right after he led them out of slavery. You know, the ways that he provided and the, he parting the seas. All of these things he's recounting. In the, in the middle of that, he says, forget the former things. I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? So God is reminding them of those things for a purpose. And it's not just so that they could take a stroll down memory lane or reminisce about the good old days or pine away for what once was. It was so they could remember who God was so they could propel them into the future with God, moving forward with him with whatever he had for them. It was remembering that he was full of power and full of authority, that he was full of protection and care for them. So that thing that's out in front of us that feels impossible or feels unlikely or feels uncertain, we have to look back to remember who God is, to remember his character, to remember his nature, to remember what he's already done and to say, I want to go. I want to go forward. I want more. I think that's what God is saying to us is, I have more for you, church. I have more for you. No one is more excited to gather again and to worship together than me. I'm so excited for it. I think about it. I imagine what it will be like. But I hope that when we gather, that we can celebrate the new things that God has done in our lives, in our homes, in our families, in our communities in this season. I hope that when we gather, we can, we can celebrate the goodness that we have experienced of God in this season. That we can say, look at what God has done. That it will encourage us to, to worship fully and wholly in spirit and in truth, right? And I hope that when we gather that we have a new value for worshiping together and what it means to gather together. That we know that Sunday gatherings are not the thing. That they are in addition to, that they are an add-on, that they are a bonus to a life with God and in the family of God. And so in this season, my heart's cry, and I believe that this is God's cry, is that we become desperate for the voice of God in our lives as individuals and as a church family, that we become desperate, 
that we would be saying in our homes, God, I know that you're doing a new thing. Help me to perceive it. Help me to see what it is. Help me to know. Help me to posture my heart to say yes to all you have, to your voice, to your leading. Help me to be fully submitted to you, to trust in your leadership more than I do my own. For apart from you, I can do nothing. I can do nothing. That's my heart's cry for us as a church family. And we, we have a choice in this season. We can become very serious and intentional about longing for and hungering for and pursuing the voice of God above all others. Or we can let something else lead us. Something is leading you right now. And if it's not his voice, then what is it? What could be more important and more valuable than the voice of the one who holds it all together, who made us and formed us and fashioned us in his image? And we can lean into that and we can take hold of that. We can surrender all that we have and all that we are to his ways, to his words, to his wisdom. And here's something that I'm learning about that word surrender, is that it's not really that difficult to surrender something that was never really mine to begin with. So that control that I thought I had, not mine. My finances, everything under heaven is his, right? That relationship that's full of conflict or that's broken, he's the king of reconciliation. So it's not really that difficult to surrender things that belong to him anyway. It's not mine. It's not mine to hold on to. And so right now these, these guys are going to play. They're going to lead us in another song. And I'm not going to give a whole lot of direction here. I feel like the Lord is saying that he's already moving, he's already speaking, he's already um, stirring people's hearts. And so I'm just gonna let him do what only he can do. I'm gonna let him speak. So Father, would you come? Let your voice be clear and loud. Would you stir up hunger in our hearts for your voice to be led by you, to be surrendered to you? Would you come and fill our homes and fill our hearts, fill our minds, fill our hands? Make us your people who respond to your voice. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs>